Rob, come and lay your hands on Harry because I'm a bit. <laughs> yeah. Let's extend a hand. We're getting into the practice of doing that again, and it's not just one of those weird things. It's actually something where we're identifying with and saying, bless this man. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for all you do. And, Father, we ask now your blessing upon Harry. We ask that um, you just give him the word for the day that speaks life and uh, just ministers to your people. So thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. John? I'm going to start off script. Jennifer, would you just do a lap of honor? Just, just walk around here. Just walk around here. Yeah, go walk. Come on, walk. No, just around here. Just, just around this circle. Thank you. <laughs> you can sit down now. There are two things missing from this room today. Her wheelchair and her helper. Isn't that good? For those of you who are unaware, Jennifer came, I think it was three weeks ago, with an ankle which the ligaments were detached and the bones were broken and it was surgically inoperable and in a lot of pain. The following week, God healed her, and now she's, she's lost her wheelchair somewhere, and her doctor is in amazement. He or she is a gog, and she's going to see him tomorrow, and I'm looking forward to the report of that. But, you know, if we, if we ever get famil too familiar with healing, we're losing something, because it's just so good to see the difference it's made in this lady's life. You know, it is so good. Well, welcome. Hello. I have an invitation for you this morning, and it's an invitation, I believe, from Father God. It's an invitation to increase the size of your tent and the amount of God that you host. We choose the size of our tents, and we choose the amount of God that we host in our lives and the amount that we do with him. And I want you just to envisage your tent at the moment. Just have a quick Shut your eyes and envisage. What does your tent look like? Now, some of you may have a circus tent, which is huge. It's probably not too many like that. Some of you may have a yurt. They're really comfortable things. And like me, some of you may have a swag or even just a sleeping bag. And for some of us, there might be holes in the tent and the rain's coming in and it's not doing too good. I believe that today, God wants to start increasing the size of your tent and repairing it. I have a real tent at home. It is a nice tent. It's a 30-second tent, and I had a horrible experience with it about a year ago. I got it out and put it up, ready to go camping, found it was full of mold, and I had to replace the skin. Some of us may have a bit of mold in our tent and God just wants to come and clean it out, or even give us a new tent. And this is kind of rolling on from the conference and from the new start and from the new term and the new invitation. God does not stand still in our lives. He wants to keep moving, and he wants us to keep moving. Maybe you could put the first slide up. 
There is one thing I want to do before I start talking about that. You might need a bit of help there, my dear. Let me just see if I can fix this for you. What happened? You're on worship. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you just can't get the staff anywhere, can you? This is a, this is a wall. This is a wall. 1 Peter 3, 5, 2, 5 says, You... Each one of you also, right now today in this room, are living stones. And you're being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. That is a dry stone wall. There is no cement in it. There is nothing to hold it together. My father was a stonemason. He built walls like that, and it was amazing to watch him at work, because it was, it was a knot. And if you go to Scotland and you wander around the fields, you see walls like these, which were built in the 14th century. They last forever. And there are some of them that have been found before Christ, you know, 1500 years BC or something. They're built to last. But the one thing about them is each stone is totally unique. There are no two stones the same. And as a living stone, you are unique. And God revels and enjoys your uniqueness. He doesn't want you to be like the person next to you. He doesn't want you to conform to something. He wants you to be you. And he takes such joy in you being you. I was really... One of the things that Putty Putman said when he's here was that when we pray effectively, it is 100% God and it's 100% me or him, as the case may be. And God wants to work with us. And um, none of us are the same. We all have a different theology slightly. We all have a different experience of God. We all have a different way of ministering. We all have a different way of relating to one another. And God takes joy in that. So don't be ashamed of who you are. Don't be ashamed of who God's made you to be. Because he is going to continue to make you more and more you. Because that's how he created you to be. His son, his daughter. So as we go through this thing this morning, I'm not trying to get you to conform to anything. You know, when I first became a Christian, it was in a Baptist church. And it was a bit like, you have to do this, you have to do that, and you have to do the other. It was a bit like God had this great big jelly mold and he stuffed man in and plop, out plopped a Christian and boom, 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 plop, out plopped a Christian and boom, 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 plop. Oh, that one's correct. That's Harry. Um, that's not God's way. He created us unique people and wants us to be unique people. You may get rid of the slide now. Thank you. The title of the conference was Naturally Supernatural. And I believe that today, God wants to increase the size of our tents by giving us additional spiritual gifts and having move in ways that we haven't moved before and so expand our tents. I want to tell you that when you start moving in new gifts, it is far from natural. 
It is really, really scary and sometimes risky. I remember 30 years ago teaching my daughter how to ride a bike. I had just had an emergency appendicectomy, and we were in the park, and you know how riding a push, a push bike is really hard at first? You fall off all the time. And I was holding the back of her bike, and I was running down the park, and also I had this pain, and I had to let go. She rode on for about 100 meters before she realized I wasn't there and fell off. You know, moving in spiritual gifts is like learning to ride a bike. It's hard at first, and then it becomes natural, and then it becomes second nature. So I remember when I first got, even salvation's a bit like that. You know, you get saved, and you wonder if you're really saved. I still wonder sometimes. I'm not 100% sure I'm really saved, but I'm hoping. That was a joke, by the way. <laughs> but you're also wondering, is, is this right? I remember when I first spoke in tongues. When I first got the gift of tongues, there was no doubt it was a miracle. But then I'd wandered down the road, yabbering away in tongues, and I was thinking, I wonder if this is me, or if this is God, or if this is gobbledygook. And, you know, that little doubt was there for a little while. And then I had to speak at a conference once. I was doing a play act with a friend to 400 senior managers. And I had to speak gobbledygook. Guess what? I prayed in tongues over them for three minutes. <laughs> Couldn't help it. I just, it just came out. And it just, for me, tongues is now so natural. It's second nature. I can't help but do it. Prophetic words. There is one area of tongues which is really scary. That's the public use of tongues, where somebody stands up and speaks out in tongues, and then somebody interprets it. I want to tell you, Australia has a dire need of people doing that. It was a common, when I'm in, in the UK, it was actually a common, fairly common occurrence in our meetings. There would, somebody would stand up, pray out in tongues, and somebody would interpret what God said. And um, the only time I've heard it done in Australia was a lady who actually emigrated from the UK, and she would stand up at Northridge, speak in tongues, and then I'd stand up and interpret. You know, it's a, it's a gift, it's a valuable gift. And all of these things are valuable, and they're, they're meant to encourage us and build up our love and our desire for God. The good news is, the more you practice, the easier it gets, the more natural it becomes until it's second nature. And then you become naturally supernatural, because they are gifts from God. We've spoken a lot recently about healing. And it was lovely to see Jennifer. I mean, she's standing at the back now. She's so happy with her foot. She just wants to stand there, swing on it, and, you know, do things. Um, we've spoken a lot about healing recently, and we've spoken a lot about deliverance. And I believe that healing is a central part of the gospel. It's something that we should all be, you know, seeing if we can get involved in. But there are other gifts as well. There are many other gifts and abilities which have a huge effect on people's lives. I have a dual relationship with Di Hawking. She is my pastor. Everything I do in YVV, I do on her behalf, and I'm accountable to her for it. 
But similarly, she's, but on another level, she's also a friend. We have a developing friendship because we haven't known each other a super long time, but I believe we're becoming good friends. Is that true? I'm glad about that. <laughs> that could have been a real faux pas. <laughs> I have a dual relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes into me through salvation, and he comes into me as a friend, as a teacher, as a comforter, as someone who reveals Jesus to me and helps me fall in love with Father God and the Lord Jesus Christ. He comes into me for my benefit, and it's a great relationship. It's an intimate relationship. I believe he wants to increase that intimacy with each of us as we progress through the coming term and beyond. However, the other part of that relationship, he comes upon me in power with gifts and abilities to minister for other people. And as I move out in those, it's a slightly different relationship, but it is one where God just does things for other people. It's where the gifts of the Spirit come into use. It's where so many gifts come in. Back in the 70s, when I first became a Christian, we used to have these books. Which gift do you have? Fill out the questionnaire. What have you become? It's all bull. I'm not going to put the second half of that word because I'd get into a lot of trouble. The gift is the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, he brings all of the gifts with him. And we actually have access to all of the gifts as and when we need them and as he gives us liberty and inspiration to use them. One Corinthians three five. Uh, Putty, Putty, the thing that Putty said about hundred percent him and hundred percent God is so good. One Corinthians three five says, talks about as being co-workers with God. Co-workers means that we actually have to do some of the work. It's not on him because if we don't do it, it doesn't get done. And two Corinthians six one talks about us working together with him. So we're in a partnership with him. We've been taught so much by our evangelical Western Christianity that we are nothing and that we need to disappear and he needs to become more. That's a doctrine taken totally out of context. He values us and he wants to work with us as partners, as co-workers. I wouldn't say we're 100% equal partners because he knows quite a lot more than we do. And he's got a lot more power than we do. But fundamentally... Moving in the gifts of the Spirit and moving in ministry is about relationship with God. It's about relating to Him, working with Him, and working out what He's doing. And it's a lot of fun. I want to just touch, I mean, we could spend a whole session on each of these things. But there is one gift of the Holy Spirit, which is supernatural faith. It's got nothing to do with salvation, it's the faith that moves mountains. And you know, God's got a great sense of humor. I love his sense of humor. I'll tell you a little bit more about it. But I, I used to have an office in Kalar. I was a, the chief information officer for Pickles Auctions, and Pickles family are all good Christians, strong Christians. And we used to share our Kalara office with the New South Wales Soul Survivor people. 
And we, I used to share an office with Matt Gelding and his team, and we had a great relationship. And one week, we were sitting, chatting, and it was two days before their week-long camping event, and they'd just gone to a new venue in Castle Hill. And two days before it was due to start, the council withdrew permission for them to camp. They had 500 kids coming to camp. And as Matt and I sat and chatted about this, I suddenly got the inspiration that he needed supernatural faith to deal with it. So I said, can I pray for you for supernatural faith? And he said, we need something, yeah, go for it. I laid hands on him and just asked the Holy Spirit to give him a double portion, because it's no good getting a single portion, a double portion of supernatural faith. He got it, and within two hours, the situation was totally resolved, and the week went ahead. It was just such an outpouring of an, it was such a knack that it was his act of moving into this gift that he'd never used before. I think it's a gift that would really go well with intercessory prayer. You know, it's, it's just, but it's one that I've, I've never actually heard a message on it. I've never really heard anybody talk about it very much, except me. Words of knowledge, words of wisdom, prophetic words. I was talking about God's sense of humor. I did the first Sockham in Australia, back up in Sydney. It was kind of the, the pretend one, not, not the pretend one, but it's the preliminary one or the experimental one. And we had this activation thing where they blindfolded you. They split the team in half. They blindfolded half. And they had somebody you didn't know come and stand in front of you and had to prophesy over them. So I've got the blindfold on. I'm standing there. And I get this really strong word, which has some peculiar turns of phrase in it, and was quite definite and pointed. And then all of a sudden, Phil Henry said, there's some people peeking, shovel round, you guys. So all the people who were praying were shoveled round. And we got somebody else. And I got exactly the same word. And I thought, God, this is funny. This is either me, and I'm not hearing right, or something weird's going on here. But I didn't have anything else, so I just gave this word. And we got to the end, took the blindfold off, and there's this girl standing in front of me, tears in her eyes, and she just said, what you prophesied over me just lifted the whole weight off my heart and was totally God. Thank you. And I said, well, that's really funny, because I had the same, exactly the same word for the other person who was standing here. And he said, no, no, no that was me. I didn't shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> And I just felt God smile and say, fooled you. <laughs> I, had a, I had an interesting thing in healing people, a couple of interesting stories. But one, my, my favorite miracle in healing is the very first one I was a part of was getting people's legs to grow. I told you about it a few weeks ago, and I had this lady's leg grow. And I've seen probably several hundred people's legs to go, or their bodies come into balance. And one time I'm doing it, and I'm kneeling down with the leg in the hand. One leg is a centimeter shorter than the other. I start to pray for it. I get distracted and look around and see what other people are praying for. And I look back. The shorter leg's now a centimeter longer than the other leg and still growing. And I say, Father, stop. <laughs> stop, stop. <laughs> Let's get the other to grow. And she went out two centimeters taller than she walked in. I mean, it's just God has a sense of humor. You know, we take ourselves so seriously sometimes. God wants to have fun with us. He want, there is a serious side to what we do, but there is also a fun side. God has a sense of humor, 
And he wants to just, you know, have us take ourselves maybe a little bit lighter at times. Oh, the gifts of miracles, it's lots of good gifts. And then there are other gifts, which aren't mentioned in the nine, but are just as important and just as valuable and affect people's lives just as much. There is one gift which I really wish I had, but I'm glad I don't. And that's the gift of administration. <laughs> it is so boring, but it would be so useful because I am a really bad administrator. Um, but there is a gift of administration, and I really value people with that gift and who, you know, can bring things together. There is a gift of hospitality. There's a gift of helps, of coming alongside and loving somebody and just helping them and being there, driving them to the airport, picking them up from the airport, mending their washing line, doing whatever. There is a Holy Spirit gift there which can affect people. There is a gift of smiling. <laughs> I um, <clears throat> try to buy my wine from one shop, and that's BWS and Monbulk. And I do that because I'm forming a relationship with the staff behind the counter. <laughs> I don't go there that much, not more than five times a week. <laughs> but, but just as I go and just pass a comment, smile, ask her how she's doing, you know, the response comes back and there's a relationship. It might not go anywhere, but it's, you know, it's good fun. And it, it brings a bit of lightness to this person's life. It's a gift of just being able to love people. Just being able to come alongside somebody and empathize where they are. And just touch them. And just walk with them for a little bit during their journey. And that can change people's lives so much. So much. My wife is really, really good at that one. And if you need somebody to walk alongside you, she's sitting there, look. I wonder if you'd put the next slide up. Yes. Ephesians 2 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ for Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in. I've mentored a lot of people, and the one thing which is more satisfying than anything else is seeing somebody find their niche, seeing somebody find them and moving into what God created them to do. It is huge. And there's people I'm longing to see that for. I have a grandson. He's up there. Look, he was one year old on Sunday, last Sunday. And that's a picture of Phil Henry and my better sides walking with him. Otis loves to walk. He absolutely adores walking. You can see him there. He's striding out and he's pulling us along, but he can't walk. <laughs> the fact is, he can't walk. <laughs> One of his favorite things to do when he comes around to our house is that we have two steps between our front room and the kitchen. And he loves to take my hands and to go and to go up the steps, and he's very purposeful in where he puts his foot going up the steps, and then immediately he gets up the steps, he comes down the steps. Now, down the steps is a different experience. He does not look where he's putting his feet, he just goes, whoa! <laughs> and often he'll miss two stairs, and he'll just land on the bottom, and, but he, he's, he's happy to take the risk. 
because he knows there's somebody there holding him. And I believe Father God this morning is longing for some of us to take that risk, to step out into the unknown, something we've never Are you take that risk this morning? There's two risks I take today. One is, uh, and um, Rob mentioned it earlier, there's more. Are you prepared to open your heart more and host more of God in your heart and allow him to touch you deeper? Repair some of the damage? Push out the, push out the intimacy boundaries of your tent. And the second one is, are you willing to step into new areas of ministry, things you may have never done before, and take a risk? Because it's all part of growing. Which you receive from God best in. If that's lying down, lie down. If it's sitting, sit. If it's standing, stand. If it's putting your hands out, put your hands out. Put them up, put them down. Do whatever you want to do. But if you would just like to do that now, and I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit to just move in our midst and just touch us. Father God, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would just move through this congregation now, through each individual now. Till Jesus is just touching some broken hearts at this moment in time. Just healing some broken hearts. Just healing some scars and some damage that's been done. Just let him do that. And I just believe some of you are facing challenges which you believe are impossible. And right now I just ask Holy Spirit that you would impart the gift of supernatural faith that moves mountains to those people now in Jesus' people's lives. I think some of <clears throat> excuse me. I think some of you have longed for certain spiritual gifts.
but have been afraid to step out and move in them. The Holy Spirit is here this morning, and he wants to give you those gifts. So if you just want to ask him in your heart, and just reach out, and just accept them. Remember, the hard thing to do is to practice them. That was a tongue. If somebody has an interpretation, please speak it out. Because this lady's feeling really nervous now. I feel like God has uh, calls us through seasons, and for um, for many of us, we're moving into a new season of his richness and his greatness. Thank you. And I also believe that part of the interpretation, an interpretation is not a translation. So a few words can be said and a long words can be given in interpretation and often they build on one another. I believe your tongue also had an element of come without fear. Come without fear. Come without fear, because I'm a safe place. Come without fear. Thank you so much for that. One other area I believe that God wants to move in is in your work or your business or your ministry. And he wants to see that expand. He wants to see your tent grow in that area and for you to prosper in that area. Yeah, I just want to add on um, to what Harry's calling forth there, that this week um, a situation happened for me where there was special faith that was needed in a business situation, not a church situation, but for um, some people close to me. And so faith was added and we needed to see a solution that only God could bring. And within 24 hours we had access to a person that could bring that solution that was in the location help. And so I want to add in that that with the call of expanding the tent, that there's also perhaps there's some relational connection that you need to really say, Lord, I, I specifically need to see someone like this right now to help with this situation. And if that's you, we want to pray for you too, that that, that gift of faith would be added and that you will see a quick answer to that for your success and prosperity that, that God has for you.